When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Beekeeping for Newbies. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen. I do appreciate you. Special thanks to the patrons, Mary, Adam, Candace, Susie, Michael, David, and John. I could not do all of this without all of you and your support, so thank you very much as well. All right, everyone. This is an episode that has been on my to-do list for probably close to a year. We've talked about it, I think, in the Discord room. I've had people email about it. It's a hot topic, big you know, talking point, discussion point. I think I finally carved out some time here, put together some notes, and uh, you know, buckled down to make this happen. So today we're talking about mite treatments, specifically varroa mites. I'm betting that most people are probably at least a tiny bit sick of hearing about varroa, but honestly, it's one of those things where I mean, I get it, I really do. But if you want to ignore literally everything I've ever said, everything I've ever emailed you about, talked about, mentioned in the Discord room, whatever it is, and you want to just focus on this one thing. This will be the most impactful bit of information, piece of information that you will take from, from anything else I've talked about. It has the most impact to your failure or success as a beekeeper. You absolutely have to monitor and treat Vivaroa as needed. Nothing will be more disruptive and destructive to the health of your colonies than the Varroa mite. Now, it's annoying that many beekeepers kind of take the, you know, oh, that's not going to happen to me. It probably won't happen to me, you know, kind of approach. I know it. I did the same thing, right? I remember saying, yeah, you know, maybe I'll treat them next year or the year after. You know, I'm sure they'll be healthy when they get here in the in the package or in the nuke. You know, it'll probably take a year or two before the mites can actually find them. You know, nothing really can be further from the truth on both counts, right? Never assume that you're getting uninfected bees. Never assume that the mites won't find them. It's going to happen. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. To start off, let's go ahead and put some historical context to everything and give you a little bit of background on, on Varroa itself, you know, how it got here, and then we'll kind of walk through some treatment methods and approaches. So Varroa first appeared in the U.S. in 1987. It came over uh, from the Asian honeybee. The mite reproduces in worker and drone brood. They prefer drone brood because of the longer amount of time that the drones take to develop. Right? It's a 24-day development cycle with the drones versus 21 for a worker. The mite by itself is not what causes the big problem. It's the fact that they, they weaken the bees. They make them more susceptible to viruses, other illnesses. Uh, one of the more common ones is DWV, deformed wing virus. But that's just kind of one of many things, right? I kind of look at it as 
the kind of like the HIV or AIDS of the B world, right? It's like, you know, HIV itself wasn't killing people. It's always been like the pneumonia or some other kind of illness. And with all the potential things that could go wrong with the health of the honeybee, Varroa just, just opens that door up to all of them. So one thing I'll kind of start with is a question that people will ask around the mites or when they're talking about Varroa and they'll say, well, hey, what's your Varroa count? When someone asks you that question, they're asking how many mites are you finding per 100 bees? Kind of in general, a good sample size is about 300 bees. That would be about a half a cup, maybe a little bit more. I would say start with a half a cup, do the wash, whether you chose to do like the alcohol wash approach or the sugar wash, really up to you. I've only done the alcohol washes myself, but you can actually count the bees at the very end and say, okay, there's 280 of them close enough to 300, right? So if you're counting 200 in half a cup, then maybe do three quarters of a cup, right? I mean, everybody has different measurements. I think I looked online to see if there's a standard, and I think there were four different answers. So start with like a half a cup, kind of go from there. But I mentioned this because the number of bees, like I said, per cup is going to be different based on who you ask, but also the number of mites that you find per hundred cause different levels of alarm to different people. In general, you want to be around two or less mites per hundred bees. Like I said, everything in beekeeping has everybody's opinion. And some people say, look, I'm every time I do a wash, I'm getting four per hundred. My colonies are healthy. Everything's going great. I'm not worried about it, right? So if you have three, if you have four, is that bad? What I would say, monitor, treat, monitor some more, right? Document everything. It'll be much, much easier as a beekeeper if you're literally documenting everything you do. I would say... You go out to do an inspection say, hey, I went out at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. It was 65 degrees. This was the date. This is, you know, the weather conditions. And then, you know, document everything that you're doing. Hey, we did a mite wash today. I came in at 7, right? So I'm going to go ahead and do my treatment. Whatever my treatment approach is going to be, I'm going to start that next weekend. Write down all those notes. I know it's a pain in the butt. I know it can be kind of tedious. I have very, very distinct memories of keeping some decent halfway good, okay kind of notes. And then I would have 20 hives out there and I wouldn't even have a pen and paper with me. I'm like, oh, I'll be able to remember this. It's no problem. And I start doing inspections. I'm like five in and I'm looking back at the other ones and I was like, which one didn't have that? Or which one was missing this? Just take good notes, right? Take your time, get good notes together. But this is critically important on the, on the mite side of things, right? Because that will allow you to know, okay, over the past three years, I treated this colony with with one solution, I used a different thing for the other one. And the third one was using even, even a different solution to attack, you know, to go after mites. And then you can see which ones are working better for you. Like I tell you guys all the time, right? You're always going to have people going, Oh, this is what you got to use for everything. This is the only way to do this. This is the only way to do that. Just take it, you know, take it with a grain of salt, right? Nod. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate the, you know, appreciate the thoughts. Thanks. You, thank you for your feedback, you know, whatever. But do your thing, man. Don't don't worry about what other people are trying to tell you. Listen to them. Take the information in. Take it with a grain of salt. Do your research, and then uh, you know find a plan in the system that works for you. Don't worry about what everybody else has to say. Okay, so as we move through the treatment options, remember that the varroa mite is is somewhat protected when it is inside the capped brood cell. So treatment methods that are that are used in in a lot of cases. They're relatively ineffective at managing mites that are inside those cells, but they're still very effective for killing the mite from the general population of honeybees. But it's just something to keep in mind. And there are some places that have a real benefit, like where I am. We have a break in the brood cycle 
during the summer dearth. So it makes it a lot easier for us to manage varroa around that time. You know, that's one of my times where I will treat, if necessary, you know, in the summer, in that like July time frame. you know, all my honey supers are off. They're getting ready to get extracted. Mid-July, you know, you're uh, doing your varroa treatment, breaking the brood cycle, perfect timing. That's not always the case for every, you know, for every place that all of you folks are listening from. It's not uncommon at all, you know, particularly in the northern climates where your flow doesn't kick off until, you know, May or June. And then you have two or three full months of flow and then you're right into the fall, winter and it's all over. So different places have different challenges as they're dealing with Varroa. Another thing I want to mention before I really start diving in is this is not going to be a very deep dive, like all-inclusive list of every treatment option and all the ins and outs of each one. I just I grabbed a couple of the more popular ones that, that people talk about that I hear mentioned, provided kind of a few notes on each, and then kind of moved on to the next one. If you have a question, right, if you're, you go through, you listen to the podcast, you listen to the information, Maybe you've tried one or two things you're not really sure. Just, you know, shoot me an email, jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com, and that's N-E-W-B-E-E-S. Shoot me an email or, uh, you know, jump in the Discord room. Either one is fine. We have people in there asking questions pretty regularly. It's been it's been really slow lately. I have I usually leave it up almost all day if I'm around, but it's it's been really quiet lately. I guess everybody's just ready for the winter time and they're they're winterizing everything and they've had enough for the year and maybe they're licking their wounds or they've burned all their bee hardware they just had enough i don't know what's going on it's been a little bit quiet but like i said if you have a question after you know you get through the episode just drop an email you know i know there are people who are much much more knowledgeable about the different treatment methods because as i get into it i'll tell you kind of what i do and what i like but that's just what works for me there are other people in the Discord who talk all the time about different things they've done and some challenges with it. So it's a great kind of resource. It's available to you. If you're a new beekeeper, if you're a pr- pros- pr- pr- prospective beekeeper for 2024, you know, it's a great place to start getting some ideas up front. You really want to kind of have this ready to go. I highly recommend and encourage you to do treatments as soon as you get the bees in the spring. Just start off on the right foot. First off, little piece of you know, disclaimer here. Follow the directions that are on the packages for whatever you use. Always use protective gloves. In in general, right? I, I try to put those just like nitrile, those cheap like Harbor Freight nitrile gloves, like the blue 5 mil or maybe the 7 mil. But put some gloves on. Put something on to protect your skin so you don't absorb these chemicals directly into your skin. I remember this discussion Back in high school, I remember somebody who was, like, not a drug user. And somebody was like, here, hold my LSD square. Like, I, I'm not an LSD guy. But they literally were like, yeah, just hold this for me. Like, I'll get it from you in a minute or whatever it was. And apparently absorbed right through the skin, right? A lot of chemicals can do that. They can absorb right through your skin. And that's that's not, not particularly cool. So make sure you're wearing gloves. If the treatment method you've chosen recommends protective eyewear, then get those like, you know, high school science class goggles, you know, get a respirator if you need one. I was supposed to be doing a a treatment for somebody today. And I realized that my respirator is down at the apiary. It's not at my house. So I have to push until, you know, next week because I already have so many of them that I can't, I can't justify going and buying another one. So I'll pick it up when I get back down there. But you got to make sure that you're using the right gear to protect yourself. You you just got to do that. It's no joke. 
All right, so we're going to start off number one on the list here. We have apistan strips. That should let you know something right now. Don't trust anything that ends in stan. Anyway, uh, active ingredient is fluvalinate. So you're going to use two strips of this per five frames. So that would be two per hive body. It's effective for up to eight weeks. Relatively easy to apply. It's like a four-step application process. It targets the varroa as they're emerging from the brood cells. So there is a ton of information about this one. If you go to centralapiary.com, their website has a bunch of information there. Feel free to check it out. Like I said, I refuse to work with anyone or anything that ends in Stan, like Jennifer Aniston. You know, that's just my personal bias. Some reported and known issues with Apostan are a resistance to the chemical itself. Uh, there can be residue that is found later on in the wax foundation. There have been some known increases in DWV. And it can cause queens to, to weigh less and drones to die earlier. Now, I did try to pull cost information for a lot of these solutions. And what I pulled for this one was about $57 for a 12-pack of strips. And that is about all that I have on the apistan. Okay, so jumping over next, we have apigard. The active ingredient in apigard is thymol. So you get one foil pack for two weeks. And then a second one would go on, a second, you know, pack would go on for another two weeks. Thymol is a naturally occurring compound, so that's good. However, there have been some known issues with the reduction in queen laying activity. There has been cases where there's been an increase in adult and young larva mortality rates. It tends to be more effective in warmer weather, which is, you know, I guess more of a, a note than a con necessarily, unless you live in an area that's regularly below 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, but from what I read, it can also make bees more prone to bearding, so it maybe causes them to have hot flashes. I'm not really sure. But the cost for those is you get 10 of those trays for $37. I think I found them for 45 somewhere else. A lot of different options. One thing you kind of want to be careful about now that I'm thinking about this, though, is make sure that when you're buying these products, buy them from someone that is known to be reputable. There's a lot of uh, counterfeit products. There's a lot of things out there that are being made that are absolutely not what they're supposed to be. So just make sure you're buying from an authentic, you know, licensed, registered, whatever. You know, people who are registered with those companies as, as resellers, just to make sure you're getting a genuine product. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the show and are finding the information to be useful and valuable. In order to help keep the lights on, we do need to take a quick commercial break. Thank you so very much for hanging in there, and I appreciate you. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
All right, everyone, welcome back, and thank you for staying with us today. As always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments. I always enjoy hearing about your experiences, answering questions, and learning more about the challenges you're facing in different parts of the world. So please keep them coming. It's Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com. Now let's get back to the show on the Beekeeping for Newbies radio network. Okay, that's not a real thing, but I'm trying to make it sound more official, so just play along, all right? Thanks a lot. All right, everybody, so next I have the Might Away Cricks Quick... Might Away Quick Strips or Formic Pro, which is the next generation of the Might Away Quick Strips. So the active ingredient is formic acid. Formic acid has been used for Varroa treatment for over 30 years without any known resistance. So that's a really big deal. That's a bonus, right? If you can use something consistently over and over again and not have to worry about them developing a resistance to it, uh, that just, you know, it just makes it easier. You know, that's always a concern that I have. And we'll talk about some products that have had that known issue, you know, as we go through the list here, but it's a peace of mind thing. Uh, one thing to remember with this is to treat between 50 and 85 degrees. It is my understanding that that temperature range, which is 10 to 29 and a half Celsius, it's my understanding that that is a really, really important thing with this. You really need to make sure that you're within that temperature range. Again, not an issue in a lot of places potentially an issue in others. With Formic Pro, it has a longer shelf life. Uh, shorter treatment time is required. It is more lenient on the kind of like the storage requirements, you know, where it's placed versus its Gen 1 predecessor of the Mitaway Quick Strips. Now, some noted things that, that are some cons. There have been some issues with brood mortality, uh, queen loss following treatment. To me, as soon as I heard, like, I heard about it in the past, I heard people that had really, really good results using Formic Pro. But as soon as I heard people say, like, yeah, I lost my queen as soon as I did my treatment, like, that's, that's a no-go for me. I don't know about you guys. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but that would not be super high up on my list. But I know people who are having success with it, and they're very happy with it. So, again, it's, it's a tool in the toolbox to keep in mind. But as soon as you talk about losing the queen, man, that's it's kind of a deal breaker for me. Okay, the cost for the Might Away Quick Strips is about $16 for two strips. Formic Pro was $20 for two. Okay, so next on the list we have Apovar Strips. The active ingredient is Amitraz. You apply these into the brood boxes as specified on the packaging. Remove them prior to adding honey supers. Now, what they're going to tell you, you know, the packaging is going to tell you, I think, is to put uh, two strips per brood chamber, I believe it's going to be. Two strips per deep, I think. Uh, I actually used Apovar for several years. I was really bad about following the directions. I would put them in around November, leave them in there all winter, take them out in March. Um, I never had any issues with doing that that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there's probably a reason why that's a really bad idea. And honestly, with the, probably the issue is that you know we recognize that it is a, a more harsh chemical versus being something that's naturally occurring kind of in the environment. But you don't want to have an overtreatment. You don't want to have too much of it, you know, left behind. A lot of residual left behind that ends up in the honey. It's just kind of not really the best idea. And the bigger issue with it, we're going to talk about in just a second. Well, the biggest, the bigger issue with it is is the uh, apparent resistance that Varroa is developing against it. I'm pretty sure from what I understand that, that they've had to periodically kind of refresh the formula and tweak it a little bit to kind of maintain its effectiveness. So it sounds, you know, very much like what we have to contend with as people with antibiotic resistance. It's kind of the same type of thing. So just be, again, be mindful of those things if you don't need to necessarily treat. You know, things like this that have proven to have known resistance over time, that would really emphasize the importance of doing that, you know, that... Um, 
sugar wash or alcohol wash to check versus just treating for the fun of it. A couple notes here with Apifar. They recommend, like I said, two strips per box. The lower dosages, they can't really guarantee the effectiveness. And with the higher dosage, it can leave behind some residue, like I just mentioned, with me deciding to leave them in for five months. One thing I will tell you, though, is when you're hanging them, there is a little flap that opens up on the strip. I just used to like bend that flap forward, drop it in between the two frames, and use that little flap to hold it up on top of the frame. Much, much more effective. little pro tip here that I saw somebody else do. Super easy, simple. Don't know why I didn't think about it. It's probably even in the directions. And like I said, I didn't read them, so that would explain why. But take the toothpick, stick it right. There's a hole that's already there in the strip. Stick the toothpick through the hole, lay it across, lay the toothpick across two frames, and you're done. Super easy. It'll hang there right in the middle. Uh, it's a 42-day treatment. Now, an important note here, they do recommend leaving honey supers off of the hive, off the colony, for two weeks following treatment. So be mindful of that. Again, keeping in mind, this is toxic to humans, so make sure you're wearing gloves, and like I said, don't be like the other beekeeper that we just talked about who didn't read the directions and put them in barehanded and all that kind of stuff. The cost for these is about $50 for a 12-pack. Next is going to be oxalic acid, a.k.a. wood bleach. I specifically mentioned that it is wood bleach because a lot of people have decided to just go to Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, or whatever your local home improvement store is, buy some wood bleach, and go with that. Um, I would just tell you, like, I, I may or may not have any familiarity with that, I can tell you that doing so is a violation of federal law because it's one of those things that is not being used for its intended purpose. So there's a whole article, I think, on the USDA website that I read about that. But with that legal side kind of being covered, I would say that the, the biggest concern about it, and this is from someone who's you know completely ignorant to the production of these things, is something that is made for, for the treatment of wood versus you know a, a treatment going to a living thing. It may not have the same level of quality control within its production environment, sort of like when someone takes 500 milligrams of fish amoxicillin instead of getting a prescription from a doctor for the, the people. You know, Is it the same stuff? Yeah, pretty much, but it may not have been produced in a facility that has the same standards for cleanliness and production and you know, all of those things that, that would be traditionally occurring in a facility designed to produce something for human consumption. But my experience with oxalic acid has been very positive. Uh, I laid out some, some pretty heavy coin to the tune of about almost $500 for the battery-powered vaporizer. It uses the DeWalt 18-volt batteries. They had an option for the Milwaukee batteries if you want to use those instead. Since I have a whole bunch of those DeWalt batteries laying around, it just made sense to me. Super, super easy to use, very effective. It's the cost per dosage is really, really low. I will continue using this until it just goes away. Now, I don't have experience with this. I know some other folks who have done what they call the OA sponges or the pads, and they mix you know, the, the oxalic acid with glycerin, and they, they kind of end up with a liquid that's left behind. They soak these things in the liquid, and then they place them in the hive for, I think it's 30 days, and then replace them. So it's kind of like a gradual approach. I know people are also, also doing something similar with that and putting it into a spray bottle. And then when they get like a package of bees, they're spraying them down with that as a treatment approach. So there are some folks in the Discord room who have much more information on that one. I've never done that approach, but it sounds to me like it's probably relatively effective. So again, feel free to jump in and ask questions. Or if you want to send me an email, I can get you connected with people who are using that approach. Lastly, the cost for oxalic acid is going to be, and this is just a couple of quick searches I did, 
You can get 35 grams for $10. So that's about enough to treat 20 hives or $16 for two pounds on Amazon. May or may not be certified for honeybees, but that's up to you. Okay. With all the issues and limitations of the treatment options that are here, I still come back to oxalic acids being my favorite. Now, I know we didn't cover every single option here, but if you heard something you're interested in and you want me to do a little more research for you or help you get connected to somebody who knows more, I'm all about it. By all means, let's do that. Now, while we just covered like a lot of the chemical approaches to mite control, there are a few other things to consider. And although it's definitely not an you know all-inclusive list, I feel like I say that a lot, but the first thing I would say is to look at the species and the types of bees that you're raising. So as an example, Russian honeybees have the ability to suppress mite reproduction. Another thing to think about or consider is the VSH or the Varroa sensitive hygiene bees. So these bees are bred to sniff out and remove mite infected brood. I think that is absolutely one of the coolest things in the world. What I don't like about it is you lay out a lot of money to get like a VSH queen or to buy VSH nukes or whatever kind of option that you've selected. You bring them into your apiary and you're all excited and things are going great. And then you try to breed them with a drone in the wild. And now you're kind of breeding out. Like, yeah, some of the daughter queens are going to have that VSH trait, but some of them are not, right? And as as they mate in the wild more and more, they're going to continue to lose that. So you really have to find a way to maintain tight control over them or do, you know, controlled, you know, artificial insemination. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that you would have to do to maintain that that VSH characteristic or trait. So again, it's really cool and it's neat, but is it worth it with the amount of money you have to spend to get those VSH queens versus just treating, right? That's something you'll have to consider for yourself. Now, one debated method, but still definitely worth considering is using small cell comb. Now, I have not done this myself, but I've heard that that is an option as well. One of the favorite options that I have not used, but I'm very, very seriously considering is taking advantage of the mite's preference for drone brood. As you may have heard, as I mentioned a few minutes earlier, right, the drone brood cycle is 24 days versus 21 days for a worker. This gives the mites more time to reproduce when they're attacking drone brood versus being inside of a worker cell, which is also another good reason to sample drones when you can as well. Include drones like in your sample because I think you'll see higher numbers coming out of your drones. But what you can do is you can add some drone comb into your colonies. And then when the queen lays them up, before they hatch, you take the whole frame out. So now you've got this frame that's been like a giant varroa mite trap. And it's all full and loaded up with drone brood. All the varroa mites have been like, cool, this is where we want to go hang out. They're in there, it's capped. And then you go outside, if you have chickens, man, they're going to love that stuff. Just start shaving all that drone brood off that the chickens eat it up. It's a win-win for everyone. Before we go, I do want to share a few sentences from an article that I read today. Hopefully, if you're a new beekeeper and you've been struggling, if nothing else, this should give you some reassurance that you're not alone. I will put the link to this article in the Discord room. If you're not in Discord, have no interest in being a part of it, just shoot me an email and I will send you a link. But the article is entitled, Nearly Half of All U.S. Honeybee Colonies Died Last Year, Struggling Beekeepers Stabilize Population. And like I said, this is about four or five sentences. I'll read you real quick. America's honeybee hives just staggered through the second highest death rate on record, with beekeepers losing nearly half of their managed colonies, an annual bee survey found. 
But using costly and Herculean measures to create new colonies, beekeepers are somewhat keeping afloat. Thursday's University of Maryland and Auburn University survey found that even though 48% of colonies were lost in the year that ended April 1st, the number of U.S. honeybee colonies remain actively stable. Honeybees are crucial to the food supply, pollinating more than 100 of the crops we eat, including nuts, vegetables, berries, citrus, and melons. Scientists said a combination of parasites, pesticides, and starvation keep causing large die-offs. A link to the article, again, is going to be in the Discord room. I will post that tonight. So by the time you're hearing this, you should be able to go in there and check it out. Well, everyone, I know that that's a lot of information, short period of time, and it's very, very generic, right? I didn't dive too deep into anything, but like I told you, Apivar strips, oxalic acid, those are my two favorite things. Before you buy the $40 oxalic acid vaporizer on Amazon, definitely ask around. Several people have had kind of mixed reviews on that, but I feel like somebody came up with one that was like $45 or $50 that worked pretty well. So hit the Discord room, ask about it, shoot me an email, whatever you want to do, and and we'll try to get you connected up there. Like I said, I didn't intend this to be all-encompassing, but hopefully you know that there are options out there. You can kind of be thinking about what might work for you either this year, next year, whenever you decide to start. Like I said at the beginning, it is the probably the most important thing that you can be doing. I mean, there's not there is there's literally nothing else you can do that's going to have a greater impact on the health and well-being of your colonies. Well, folks, that's all I got for you today. I'm going to try and get back to a more regular routine. We've got Hives for Heroes coming up very soon. Uh, I had some had a discussion with them this week, and we're going to get that as soon as we possibly can. Just getting some some scheduling worked out. Again, in the Discord room, there is an area called Hives for Heroes questions. So if you have questions, things you'd like to know about it, things you'd want, you want me to ask them next week, please drop that in there or just shoot me an email and I'll be sure to ask them. And that's all I got, everybody. Be kind to one another. Take care and uh, we'll see you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.